0: Prayer on these prayer nights has probably already been covered, but that's okay. We can just bring some things that you've probably heard before, and obviously the chapter uh, of Daniel 6 is one that you're very, very familiar with. But we'll focus on verses uh, 10 and 22 and just read those two verses, that's all. Daniel 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, this is talking about the law that was saying he could pray to nobody except Darius. When he knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. And he faced the consequences of that Facing what he expected to be martyrdom, no doubt. And yet God brought him through that. And on the other side of that is verse number 22. He says this to the king. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. And let's pray. Our Father, we pray that as we keep you first in our lives, sometimes it may bring us into um, situations where we have to be more bold than at other times. And obviously, at church, it's easy to be a Christian. And other times, um, we need to take a stand uh, for Christ, not knowing the, not knowing what's going to come from it. And and yet, in all cases, I pray that we just are are subject to you and keep you first in our lives and that's an old testament thing it's a new testament thing and so help us we pray in these things in christ's name amen my daughter gwen just this year 2019 she has found her words she's three years old and boy has she found her words she is she is little miss chatterbox i laugh about it and then I cry about it because boy, are there a lot of words to keep up with coming out of that little girl. I mean, Charlotte is my five year old. She's a little more shy, she's a little more reserved. You know, she kind of puts her hands in her mouth and doesn't talk quite as much. But I'm telling you, you know, and I tell Gwen, I go, Girl, I, I have got a lot of words around here to listen to, and I can't keep up with you. There's just, I, I don't know, Dennis. Uh, Dennis Rainey, Dave Ramsey, mentions this, this statistic. Dennis Rainey says, "A family life explains that women are traditionally more verbal than men. He says men usually speak about 10 to 20,000 words a day, while women speak 30 to 50,000 words a day, with gusts up to 125,000." <laughs> I'm looking at that statistic, exacerbated. I've got three women in my life times 125,000 gusts, I don't know, that 375,000 words I've got to keep up with, potentially. Sometimes it's all coming at once, you know, and I think that is a lot of words to keep up with, and it takes a while, but, but I think that's obviously a joy. I love it, and I love being a dad, and I love listening, and if you can imagine, every single thought and every single dream and even every single care and hurt and groan and grumble of every Christian across the whole globe, current and past, every one of God's children chattering to God. And, and sometimes it's praising God, and sometimes it's complaining, sometimes it's hurt, but all of it at the same time, you almost wonder, man, can can he keep up with this? Can he really keep up with I talk to him all day long sometimes, and I'm always chattering about something to God, and... And you wonder if he can keep up with you and with everybody else all at the same time. And it's like, well, obviously he can. And I'm thankful to serve a God that can keep up with every single one of our our chattering. In fact, he loves to hear his children talk to him. And he loves to hear this. And with this monthly prayer focus at Calvary Baptist Church, it's almost like when when you come to a service like this, probably everything's been covered if there's something... About prayer so regularly, then you've probably talked about. My wife and I haven't been in here. We're just, we've been in the youth ministry and are now in the services here. So I don't know if you've covered the Lord's Prayer or Jesus' intercessory prayers for us or Jesus' prayer for laborers or the prayers of David and the prayers of Moses and the prayers of Abraham and others in the Old Testament or studied the prayers in the New Testament or there's constant teachings about who should pray and why we should pray and how we should pray and when we should pray and pray without ceasing and pray for souls and pray for laborers and pray for soul winners. And, and we're reading about prayer meetings in Acts and we're reading about the disciples praying and we're reading about pastors who are praying in the epistles and churches praying and constant references in the Old and the New Testaments. And you think there's so much in here about prayer, I guess it's a pretty important topic to God. And I would doubt that there would be any way we could exhaust the riches of prayer as the topic of prayer. I, I, I doubt we could ever get to the point where, where, we, where we exhaust it. But we never want it to get to, and, and what we see in Scripture is that it's never, as much as it's focused on, it's never to the point where it's a ritualistic quotation of a prayer. Or it's a reading of somebody else's prayer necessarily necessarily. Or recitation, like a recitation like a Catholic or a Muslim or even a, a Jew would pray on a piece of paper. Or it's not even just a, um, a, a, many times it's not even a premeditated thought that somebody else thought. Sometimes maybe it might be, but usually what prayer is, is just talking with God. It's just talking with Him as a person. I think Brother Ash was passing these notes out. If you didn't get a chance to to get these, these are at the at the, the welcome center when you were walking in and just a few little sermon notes, the title of it there is just prayer is talking to a person. And that's all prayer is, is a simple talking to the person of God. It's almost like there's no end to talking to God. It's almost like he can keep up with all the chattering of every one of his children all the time. And it's, it's like Daniel had somehow tapped into something so much more than mere ritual of going through a routine of talking to God. It wasn't something that was just a, 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 a discipline that he had mastered by his old age, but apparently he had learned early on that God was real and, and that God was personal. And it's like he innocently just chatters to God all the time and prays and talks with God. And so, again, just a few observations from a couple of verses that we read. Uh, perhaps maybe what you're typically used to on a Wednesday night, not necessarily a full exposition of the, of the text here, just a few observations. As I, I just went through this story with my kids a couple, uh, maybe a couple days ago, maybe it was last week sometime, where we came to this story of Daniel, and you just have to say, Daniel and the, and all the kids answered, Daniel and the lion's den, and they know the story, and Miss Tisha had taught our kids, and all you Sunday school teachers have taught our kids this story over and over And and so we reviewed the story even back in verse number five. Uh, They tricked Daniel or they tricked the king into this because of verse number five. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So they said, we've got to write a law that he's going to stick to God's law more than our law. So we know he'll finally break a law and and no one can pray they say except to Darius and Darius thinks it's a good idea he signs it and verse 10 is what we read Daniel knew the law but knowing that the law of the writing was signed he just went to his house the windows were open he knelt down to pray and he prayed the the last phrase of verse number 10 says as he did aforetime he just always did that and and so the notes i put in there prayer is talking to a person If it were not a person, Daniel could have changed his routine, he could have changed his consistency, he could have changed the format a little bit without without feeling like he was offending anybody or hurting anybody. If it was just a routine that he did, it would have made no sense for him to risk martyrdom knowing he's going against the law if it was not something that was personal and real to him. But the Bible says just like he did a four-time, just like he always did, three times a day he would constantly go back and go back to this this, instead of just being a ritual. He knew that God was real. He knew his relationship with God was real. That three times a day he just kept on going, this ongoing conversation that he has with God all the time, this constant talk that he has with God, not just a crisis talk, not just a fear, I'm scared, God, I need you, so now I'm going to start talking to you but always. I think if you believe God, I think if you believe that God is real and that he's right there beside you, then that kind of a relationship happens almost naturally. And, and it's a real talk that he has. Verse 10, he just says it's, uh, um, he, he gave thanks before his God. Before his God. He just, he just gave thanks if it were an idol or if it were a ritual, it would, it would not be a thankful situation. It wouldn't be a genuine thanksgiving because he's just, if he were just bowing on his knees by himself, there would be nothing and nobody to thank. It would just be the discipline of the moment. But for him, God is so real that he spends, it's all, I almost think of it almost like an informal moment where he can envision God just sitting there in his room with him and just talking to God like, you know, God, thank you. And obviously facing Jerusalem and seeing what he's seeing as God. And almost just thanking God for who he is and how much he's blessed him. And, and just giving thanks to God. And, and I can almost imagine him just being just so genuine about it as if he's talking to a real person. That's why I said in verse number 22, um, the middle of verse number 22, we read it. For as much as before him, innocence he was found in me. Daniel says to the king, look, before God, I'm saying that I'm innocent, meaning I'm coming with a pure motive before God. There was nothing put on. There was no show. It was just this precious relationship that I had with God, this innocency before God. There was nothing fake. Spurgeon said this in the quote that we printed out and put in these sheets today. Some of us, he's teaching his Bible college students, he said some of us could honestly say, that we're seldom a quarter of an hour without speaking to God. Almost like he doesn't go more than 15 minutes without just talking to God. And that, not as a duty, but as an instinct, a habit of the new nature for which we claim no more credit than a babe does for crying after its mother. He says, it's like it's so natural for me to just go through my day not more than 15 minutes that I don't just talk to God. And Boy, thank you. This person needs help. God, can you help him, please? And I just ran out. Oh, this is a wonderful day. Thank you for the beautiful sky. Boy, what a beautiful bird. What a wonderful. And just talking to God throughout your day. And Spurgeon says it's, there's, there's, this is just a way of life for many of us. And I believe that's how it was for Daniel, too. wasn't arrogant about it. He was obviously humble. And recognizing who God was, kneeling on his, upon his knees, the Bible says, and acknowledging the power of God, and yet still so personal. I think sometimes if we see, if we see God that way as a person, um, we forget that kind of naturally brings us into point number two, public prayer is talking to a person publicly. This isn't necessarily from Daniel, but just the natural outflow of talking about that, Spurgeon's reference there. In that second paragraph in the notes, um, he says, let it never, when he's talking about praying in public or praying for a church service for specifically, he said, let it never be truthfully said that they're official, formal, and cold prayers. He says, sometimes I pray and I'm talking to God. I'm talking to a person. I'm not talking to people. I'm not preaching to people. I'm talking to God when I'm praying in a public setting. He says, my truest, my truest loneliness with God has occurred to me while pleading in the midst of thousands. I've opened my eyes at the close of a prayer and come back to the assembly with a sort of shock at finding myself upon earth and among men. Because he's so raptured in the moment of talking to God and God is so real to him that it's not a ritual, it's not a repetition of words, it's not a show, it's not a chance to, to preach to the congregation about why they should, You know, your prayers in a public setting, he's saying, are not about praying to the people, you're still talking to God. And, and sometimes... We can almost get a, a, a different tone of voice or a different um, uh, speech pattern. And it's almost like, you know what, just, just talk to God and everybody else gets the benefit of talking to him along with you. And, and public prayer is talking to a person publicly. And so look at prayer like that. It changed my prayer life when I started to approach God as if I thought, you know, if I'm called to pray in church, how would I talk to God in church? And am I trying to be more impressive to the people in the congregation by saying all these flowery words, or am I really talking to God when I'm talking publicly? And I thought, if I can do that when I'm standing up here for praying for the offering, then why can't I talk to God right here on my knees? Why can't I talk to God like I'm actually talking to a person? Why can't I talk to God like I'm actually communing with somebody that is my friend? And so just be normal in your prayers. Be normal in your, in your speaking. And he says it gave thanks to God, and then in your notes that third blank there, the audience order matters. I'm not going to say the human audience doesn't matter because it did matter to Daniel. His human audience is his audience of of man was a consequence for him. It was a life and death consequence, but he still kept the audience of God first. He knew God was listening. He knew humans were listening but he still chose to put God as the main importance. He opened his window, as he did a four time, three times per day, and he knew the consequence would be the lion's den. He didn't know the miracle on the other side of the lion's den. He only knew that the lion's den was, his, uh, was what was coming. But he still chose God over his own comfort. He still chose God to talk with God, And he said, again, he told the king, with innocency, before God, I had innocency in my heart. I wasn't trying to put on a show. I wasn't trying to impress the people for being this great, disciplined prayer warrior. I wasn't trying to impress anybody at all. Before God, he knows the innocency of my heart. And yet God used his witness. He was willing to die for his divine audience. God used his witness um, uh, to acknowledge that. Look at the end of verse number 22. He, he's still careful about the people, the audience of the people. The end of verse 22, he says to the king, And also before thee, O king, have I done my hurt. So he says, I know God knows my heart is innocent, but, but king, I, I'm not trying to be obnoxious. I'm not trying to be hateful or hurtful. But even before you, O king, I, I'm not breaking your law to do hurt. I'm not trying to just be aggravating for the sake of being aggravating. But I'm standing up for God first, not not in an offensive and a an hateful way, but but unto thee I didn't want to do any hurt. And as Christians, our stand for Christ, even in a simple thing as as telling somebody, not being afraid to tell somebody, yeah, I'll pray for you about that, and being known as a person of prayer, being bold in your. Just as simple as praying for your lunch, praying for your meals at a restaurant, praying with your family in a public setting, praying publicly and not being ashamed of that despite the external consequences that are there. When we were in Washington, D.C., we prayed on the steps of the Supreme Court, and it was wonderful. We prayed on the sidewalk outside the Supreme Court, and it it was just a wonderful thing. It's a good testimony for us. And, and it, it was almost like Daniel, look, despite the consequences, Daniel consistently stayed close to God and, and wanted to walk with God. It's almost like talking to God is like a little daughter talking to her daddy and chattering away to her daddy and talking to him. I'm not, I'm not trying to weaken the picture or lessen God to any, any lower degree of what he is, obviously, but that word innocence just means the purity, Daniel says. You know what? I just... I just love God more than anything else in my life. And like Spurgeon says, I don't want to go more than 15 minutes without chattering to God. Something precious, absolutely precious about that. Prayer is talking to a person, and that person can handle gusts up to 125,000 words per day. And that's all right. We're going to go into our time of prayer at this time. And uh, so some of the discipleship people will be moving in here. And so pastor has some prayer requests for that. Appreciate the uh, help there with that tonight. Uh, several of us have this same stuff, the crud, that's uh, going around. So pray for our, our uh, church family along those lines. Let's go ahead and uh, stand together, and we'll ask the ladies to head out to their uh, session in the Mary Hearts class to my right up the stairs there. And so, and then men, would you, uh, fellows, come on up to the first six or seven rows here to my left, and we'll get all the men together over, right over here to my left. Uh, first